Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I'm Ricky Uniak. I'm Chuck Clark. Chuck, we got a bit of a... I'm excited about today's episode, but before we get into today's episode, how, how we doing? I'm all right. I'm um, munching on some ice cream. I, I did, do have a bit of a cold, or it might just be allergies. This happens usually like the first time of the year where it goes from summer to like a dip like we earn from like 80s every day to like you know 60s every day now i mean today it's 70 but like i'm generally outside in the cold and dark on my way to work so every time it does this i get you know nose starts running drips in the back of the throat sore throat cough it's the season man um I know, I think maybe this was three, four, three or four weeks ago now. I woke up like w- one random Sunday morning and like had like the sore throat, stuffy nose. And obviously, you know, my first thought was, God, please don't be COVID. Um, never felt as bad as I what I would imagine COVID would feel like. I I haven't had COVID, knock on wood, I guess. Um but uh, it ended up being allergies because it wasn't anything else. But it, like, messed me up for four days, man. I was, like, I was pretty miserable for four days. Um, and then, like, literally up until maybe this point last week, I was getting, like, bloody noses because mm. of the allergies. Well, I typically get bloody noses when the temperature changes, like, in the fall and the spring. So, like, I've been over here working from home, and I'm like, oh, my nose is running. Wipe, and then just blood and it's a crime scene and i'm like oh no so yeah dude tis the season um okay so today's episode a little bit of a rundown um we're gonna talk some sports here in the beginning like we normally do we got some mlb and some nba stuff to talk about as well as i know there's an nfl game tonight chuck i know your team's playing um but after that we will be talking some Andor. i believe we are five episodes in now Mm-hmm. Um, which is just under halfway through. I think there's 11 episodes. 12. 12. Okay. So, yeah, we're one. Yeah. So, one episode short of halfway through. And then obviously, we have episode seven of House of the Dragon to touch on. Okay. But first, to kick us off here, I went back, Chuck, and I went to, I re listened to our um, MLB predictions that we made in the beginning of the season. I think it was on. One of our Moon Knight episode recap episodes. So, like, that seems like that was, like, four fucking years ago. Um, do you remember your predictions? I think I had Dodgers. Astros. Okay, so you did better than me. Your World Series could still happen. Your World Series prediction. Um, so this is how this is how you did you. We both predicted the ALCS NLCS World Series matchup in the ALCS. You had the Blue Jays versus the White Sox. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, NLCS could still happen. Dodgers versus the Cardinals. Are the Cardinals. I think the oh, Cardinals are on the wrong side of the bracket. Can't happen. You're right. You're right. Because they'll they have could, to play they the, could do the DS, but not the CS. Right. And then your World Series matchup was the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. So, again, that's still very much on the table. Um, yikes. My predictions. Um, now, I'm going to give myself credit here because 
I distinctively remember picking the Yankees in the ALCS and you started treating me like I was clinically insane after that. Um, I picked Yankees and White Sox. Okay. So you and I both were on the White Sox bandwagon this year. Um, maybe the most disappointing team in baseball this year, probably, I would say. The uh, Angels, but I mean, you expect this, disappointment from the Angels? That's so the it's like, biggest disappointment of the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, no, the tell Angels you what, really could NBA, take a NBA teams, if an NBA team's looking to tank, they need to hire the president of the Angels. <laughs> I saw, we'll get to it, but. <laughs> we're, I think we're on the precipice of in uh, a tank race like we've never seen before. And we will, we will get to that shortly for sure. Um, my NLCS matchup, uh, Giants, ooh, not, not great. They weren't as bad as the White Sox, but obviously they they were only up for the wild card. They did not make it. Um, I had the Giants versus the Mets. Mets, then, still, Mets could still happen. My World Series prediction was the Giants versus the White Sox. Oh, yikes. Oh. <laughs> so, well, yeah, if it makes not, you feel any better, I think only the Dod, the Blue Jays, I don't, I don't know if they'll beat the Mariners. The Mariners, I mean, they're in an interesting spot. They have a lot of momentum going on. Uh, they just got Julio back, but they... I think about well, a week ago, all the whole, all, go their ahead. whole, their whole franchise is, yeah, guys, what I mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's a great story. from Seattle to Toronto, I think I, you know, outside of my own rooting interest in the playoffs, um, Seattle might be number one for me, um, as the, as a team that I like to see kind of, um, to kind of make it through here. But well, I mean, while we're on the topic here, let's just kind of go through the bracket. Um, so the wild card rounds are a best of three with the home, with all three games being played at the higher seeds ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the DS is seven, Normal. games. seven games, right? Five games, three, five, seven. Oh, okay. So five game DS championship is um, uh, seven. Okay. So we're going to start over in the AL here. Um, obviously you and I both have rooting interests in mind, uh, you being a Yankees fan, me being a Guardians fan, um, Tampa Bay Guardians, all three games being played in Cleveland starting tomorrow. Um, who do you like and in how many games? I like the Guardians in two. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Rays had a particularly strong end of the year where I say, I think the Guardians really turned it on after the all-star break. I think they're the better team. Uh, I saw a thing that was like, you know, it's advanced stats or whatever, but it was like statistically the Guardians team is like the third best team in the past like 40 years of baseball or something like that. And every team, the only two teams above them were the World Series winning 1986 Mets and the World Series winning. I can't remember who the other team above them was, but they were both won the World Series. So. You know, it, so there's a lot of Guardians hype, I feel like, coming in. There are a lot of people's, I think, sleeper picks in this mm-hmm. year's. Uh, yeah, they're they basically the way I see it. Like, I, I feel the exact same way about the Guardians that I do about the Cardinals in the NL. They're like the the sneaky team that might be able to make a deep run. But um, I like the Guardians in three. The reason I say three and not two is because Tyler Glass now scares the shit out of me. 
Um, and I'm, I think he's pitching game two. I think it's game two. So, um, but, uh, so we'll see that game kicks off at, uh, first pitch is shortly before sunrise tomorrow. Um, moving on down to the other wild card seating in the AL Seattle and Toronto best of three. Who do you like? I like Mariners in three. Um, while I will be rooting for the Mariners, I like the Blue Jays in three, only because I feel like the Blue Jays have played slightly better down the stretch here. Seattle really got banged up the last like three weeks of the regular season. Um, so I don't really know if they're going to be the Seattle that we saw like in August or if they're still going to be trying to figure it out. But I will be rooting for Seattle. My gut just tells me Blue Jays in three. All right. NL. Phillies, Cardinals, best of three. Cardinals in three. Um, give me Cardinals in two. The Phillies suck. They're dead. They tried so hard to give that last NL wildcard spot to the Brewers. And the only reason they made it is because the Brewers tried harder to not get it. Um, so give me the cards in uh, in two there. Um I think this might be the most interesting matchup in the first round is the Padres and the Mets. Yeah. Who do I you agree. like? I like the Mets in three. I think I'm on the same boat there. Mets in three. Uh, Mets throughout the season have been the better team. Um, you can argue that the moment they had that dude come in and play the live trumpet uh, for Diaz when he when he was coming on to make a save. I think oh. that was like in mid-August. That's my new anthem. It's it's great. Listen, it's it's if you haven't seen it, Edwin Diaz's uh, walkout in in an intro when he comes in for a save is uh, it's it's awesome. But um, called Narcos by I don't know who the artist is, but it's like <laughs> I should know it because I know I've looked it up on Spotify. I just can't remember. Um, but the Padres pitching is just really disappointing. Um, they don't quite have like that guy that I feel like uber confident. And I feel like every other team has that guy, that ace uh, Padres don't. That's why I think Mets in three. Okay. Going back to the AL, the DS here, Chuck. It's the guardians versus the Yankees for you. Who do you like in this best of five? Yankees in four. I'm on the same exact boat as you. Uh, the Yankees have unfortunately um, ended, I think, the Guardians' last two playoff runs. Well, if you can even call them runs. Um, I know we played in a wild card game, I think. And I know there was the 2017 series as well. That absolutely broke my heart. Um, and until I see it. Um, or until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to stick with the Yankees over the Guardians. Um, however, I do think that that because they're, they're polar opposite teams, man, like they couldn't be more opposite, at least through the batting order. So I think that might be an interesting series. Um, so for you, Chuck, you have Seattle and Houston. Who do Go you like? Astros. Yeah. How and how many? Three. Yeah, I have Toronto. And uh, in Houston, I also have Houston in three. Um, I don't think the Astros 
This is the most mid-good Astros team I've ever seen, but they're just not losing in the playoffs. This is what they do. I know, and it's so incredibly annoying. Um, I mean, I can you even call them mid? They've won like 103 games. I know, but they don't feel like they. I they know lost two of three to the Orioles down the stretch. I know. I know. I think the Guardians be. I think. I think we we either tied with them in the season series or we had the tiebreaker over them. Um, but that that is quite literally the last team I'd want to face in the playoffs. Um, so moving on over to the NL, you have Braves and Cardinals. Who you who you like? Braves in four. Okay. All right. I'm going to say Braves in five. I think the Cardinals have a good enough lineup to uh, keep up with the scoring because the Braves are going to score runs. It's just what they, they're best at. Um, but uh, I'm in agreement that the Braves come out of that series. Dodgers-Mets. This is tough. Dodgers in five. You think it's a quick series? No. Out of five out of five. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm going Mets in five. Um, I don't really have anything to back up why I think that. I just kind of like the Mets, and I think that um, outside of Atlanta, they're the best chance of taking down the Dodgers. So I don't think we get to see the Dodgers-Atlanta matchup. I think at least maybe this is just a fan in me really hoping for a Braves-Mets best of seven series in the NLCS. So ALCS, you and I both have Yankees and Astros. Astros in six. I might say Astros in five, man. I don't know. I I don't. If I feel like I could count on Garrett Cole, I might go Astros in six. But I don't know if I can. I mean, I I, I know he's he's had a worried about our bullpen. Chapman has just been terrible down the stretch and we've got injuries, too. I mean, Green's out until at least the ALCS. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, I also think about like how much can judge do like by himself? Not that he's the only source of offense, but he's the biggest source of offense for the Yankees, obviously the past um, couple games. I mean, I'm glad the chase for 62 ended. I'm glad yeah. he got to 62 and now it's over. If he did not I'd be really scared, <laughs> but the other Yankees were hitting around him. So yeah, I'm happy for that. But I, I also like, I'm not super confident that Oswaldo the Astros... Cabrera, man, He's our guy for the Yankees. Yeah. Where does he hit in the lineup? Six or seven, I think. Okay. Is he the small guy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I know what you're talking about. Aaron Hicks is small too, but. Well, I guess that's true. Um, all right. Braves for you. It's Braves Dodgers who you like. Braves in seven. Man, I, I, I'm going, I'm going Mets. I'm going, well, for me, for me, it's Braves and Mets. I'm going Mets in seven. All right. Um, so then for you, Chuck, you have Astros and Braves in the I'm World going Series. Braves in six. 
All right, so you think Braves repeat? I got Astros and Mets. I'm going Astros and six. I just think the Astros are too good. And again, that doesn't make me happy because I hate the Astros. But uh, I have a funny feeling it's going to be one of those years, unfortunately. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll obviously throughout you know as you know throughout the weeks here. Um, by the time we record next, we'll know what the both the are all the wild card series will be over, and we should be into the divisional series. So we'll have an update there. I'm sure um, you and I might be at each other's throats by this time next week. We may not even be recording this time next week because one of our games or the games are on, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll keep everybody updated. Um, NBA preseason has started. Um, there's already, again, I'm on the record with saying that the NBA is the world's greatest reality TV show. Um, we may not be able to see everything that happens, but we'll be damned if something slips through the cracks. Uh, last night, I was driving and I got a ping on my phone. I have tweet alerts on for uh, Shams and Woj. And I got the ping that there apparently was a fight at the Warriors practice that day. Um, and when the news broke, obviously doesn't really breaks with all the details. So details were kind of coming in, um, you know, over the, over the next hour or so. Uh, it turns out it was between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, which was shocking to me because not that I'm like, a, I watch a lot of Warriors basketball, but they, uh, they, they play, you know, those are both guys that get a lot of playing time. You would assume they had like, you know, somewhat of a good, uh, good relationship. But um, apparently, from what I read, Chuck, I know we were talking about this in, in, in the pre-show, so feel free to interject here if, if you know something I don't. Apparently, other Warriors players were noticing a uh, an attitude change with Jordan Poole. He's going through contract negotiations with the um, with the team. Um, and so they were noticing that he was maybe acting a little differently and I guess push came to shove and Draymond Green, uh, slugged him, got, got a good punch in there, knocked him to the ground. And now the team is considering, uh, certain disciplinary actions. Have you heard anything different? I have not in fact, but although, if you remember correctly, Draymond Green also wants a contract extension. So that would be the uh, only other main source of tension. Because I did see someone tweet like, this is how Bob Myers looked at him, at Poole and Green. And it's the scene from The Dark Knight where he breaks the pool cue and drops it. <laughs> <laughs> like the fight to the death kind of yeah. thing. Um, <clears throat> no, basically... But um, I also I did see uh, Rob Perez, who, you know, NBA Twitter figure for sure, um, tweeted like this hits different. It was um, Clay and Steph won a three point contest like four or five days ago in and Japan, right? In was Japan. It yeah. And Clay said after the game, it, it's good, to, you know, something along the lines of it's good to humble Jordan. Oh, like, you know what I mean? He's, and it was like, this hits different now. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find the exact tweet. But yeah. So, yeah, it all seems to be adding up that basically what we got is a situation where 
it sounds like Jordan Poole is going to get paid a lot of money. His agent is successfully negotiating for him. He is flaunting it around the Warriors. And I think some of the Warriors OGs are like, listen, we're glad you're getting paid, but like, we need you, you realize like, we are the reason we won the championship, right? Yeah. Steph is, Steph is the reason we won a championship. You won because they're sending two men to Steph and you're getting open. You know, you could really argue that he isn't even, he wasn't even a top four important player in that, in, in that ring chase. Like I give it to Stephen Clay and then Draymond. And then I would even put Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins played out of his mind in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, now Jordan Peele, it, Jordan Peele, <laughs> Jordan Poole, um, is more exciting player. He's younger. Um, he was up for most improved player last year. And, uh, and I think, I think what you said is exactly right. I think that there was probably some attitude change. And, um, if you remember this, something similar happened between Durant and Draymond, when Durant was with the Warriors. Now, Draymond, I don't think any punches were thrown. I don't think it ever got physical, but they were very combative with each other because Draymond kind of seems like he's this, uh, I don't want to call him a gatekeeper, but he is kind of like this culture setter kind of for the Warriors. Um, And I think that there, I think there was a point in that first season with Durant, where I remember there being reports like maybe Durant wasn't practicing as hard as like the rest of them or something like that, where Draymond had, I mean, we saw it on the court. There were cameras picked up where Draymond would get in Durant's face on the bench or whatnot. Um, so I guess I'm kind of shocked that a punch had to be thrown. Um, I, I was reading a tweet and it was like, uh, it was, it, it was like a, from a warrior's blog or something like that. And they're like, listen, like if, if if Draymond's throwing a punch, I'm I'm going to assume that punch was warranted. And it sounds like maybe it was. So, you know, is this many people are asking, is this the collapse of the Warriors dynasty? Is this where it all starts? I mean, I doubt I don't know if it's a collapse. I still think they're going to be the top team in the West. And, you know, the only thing is they're. They're getting old you know, their best players. So it's definitely an interesting position to be on where, you know, if you have to choose between Draymond and Jordan, who do you choose? Because there's no one playing defense like Draymond. Jordan Poole is not replacing no one. You'd have, you need like two or three players to do what Draymond does. But, um, you know, on the other hand, you the game is about buckets, you know, as, as Bill Russell says in the, Uncle Drew commercial. So enjoy Blake, cool great Bill Russell. Yeah. Um, so if you're the GM of the Warriors, are you keeping Draymond over pool? If it, if it came down to that, not saying that that's what it is in reality, but if it came down to that. I think, I'd, I mean, the, the NBA is a cutthroat business, so they probably would draft somebody to replace Draymond Green. I don't think they draft somebody. I don't think you're finding Jordan Poole necessarily. I mean, although there's just so many shooters and he's expensive. Yeah. And you're making a lot more money off Steph and Clay than you are anyone else. As an organization, like just jersey sales alone, 
Steph is going to be top 10 in the year in the league every year. So, you know, to me, yeah, I think I'm keeping green. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and because they've, they've won what four championships in the last eight years now, um, it's not like you're obviously the goal to still win a championship, no matter how many championships you won in the last 10 years, but you're not super pressed. It's not, you know, all or nothing. So I'm, I'm of the mindset, like, let's just ride this out until it doesn't work anymore. And it's still working. So, um, yep. Yeah. I think, I think I'm rolling with Draymond still if, 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 if I was in charge, but unfortunately I'm not. Someone tweeted, Poole must have asked Draymond to make a left-handed layup. <laughs> I uh, To be a fly on the wall, man. The other thing I saw was that people were like, Jordan Poole was making jokes about LeBron or something. And Draymond, you know. Oh, because Draymond and Bron are boys now? Yeah. Like somebody tweeted that the um, video of Vince McMahon where he's like, where is he? Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> What one of the best, one of the most memeable clips of all time, that Vince McMahon clip. Uh, another thing I'm seeing is that Draymond Green got mad at Jordan Poole in practice because Poole called him a triple single after scoring on him. Like legitimately, like I don't know if that that's a, real. The NBA Central tweeted that, but I don't know if that's you know a what triple I mean, single. I mean that is a classic Draymond line, like nine, eight, and six. Um, six being blocks. Exactly. I wonder if we'll ever figure out exactly what happened. I saw that Draymond had to, he apologized to the team today. And I guess after the, the altercation and practice yesterday, they both finished out the practice and did their workout afterwards. So, um, sounds like it's already taken care of. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll be suspended like the first three games or something like that for, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe a game. It'd be an internal suspension, wouldn't it, from the Warriors? Right, right. I'd be shocked if they even suspended him, I think. We'll see. They'll, I we'll, think this stuff happens they, more They often. have an opening night game, I'm assuming, that's pretty high profile, right? Uh, is it the Lakers? Probably. Um, I think it might be the Lakers. Warriors schedule. Preseason... Yeah, Lakers on Tuesday, October 18th. There you go. I bet yeah. you they're waiting to make a decision and suspend him against the Kings on October 23rd. <laughs> Probably. Because he already said he hates playing against the bad teams anyways, so why not? Um, well, the Kings, okay. I mean, the Kings are an interesting <laughs> team this year, but we'll see. Kings are fun. Kings won. They won their first preseason game. I mean, it was against the Lakers, but wasn't it against the Lakers? No. Was it? It was yeah, Lakers. it was. It was. Um, Keegan Bradley had like 21 points or something. He's and excited, I, they didn't. Man. They didn't play Anthony Davis. The Lakers didn't. I mean, I don't know if that would have mattered. Yeah, but I'm uh, very low on uh, Let's talk about the other story going on in the NBA right now, and that is the French, the French wonder, Victor Vimbaya, um, also known as uh, Baguette KD. I've been Baguette seeing people calling him Baguette KD. Baguette KD. I <laughs> love it. Um, I'm seeing highlights from today's game. Um, 
his stat line was 36 points and 11 rebounds. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, four assists and four blocks. I, it's, I mean, what uh, what more do you want? <laughs> like, Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons tweeted, I think, sources, Utah agrees to forfeit all 82 games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw this I saw this tweet. I think it was by Bleacher Report yesterday and it was like, what would you give up from from your team for for uh Victor? And somebody who was a Jazz fan was like, we literally gave up Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so um yeah, dude. So in no disrespect to uh uh Scoot either. Scoot played pretty well well I don't know his stats for the second game, but he played his ass off in the first game. I'm assuming he played well in the second game. Um, I think it's safe to say these are, unless, you know, pending an awful injury or something completely unforeseen, these will be picks one and two in in the NBA draft next year. Um, We are about to see a race to the bottom, I think, like never before. Um, (laughs) I I saw somebody saying that, Sam Pressy's getting ready to announce that <laughs> SGA's out for the whole season. I saw that. I also saw someone say they should let the Oklahoma City Thunder should be able to rent SGA out to somebody for a year so he doesn't have to experience this level of tanking. Don't don't they do that like in uh in like, like uh like European like football leagues? Don't can't you rent yeah. a player? To, they should let you can send a player on loan to a different league. I should do that, man. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's how dude. Could you imagine like just SGA went somewhere else for a year and then came back? But dude, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, and Victor Wembaya playing together on the Thunder. I mean, I all over seven foot. Like realistically, I, I know it's impossible to predict who's going to get the number one overall pick. Cause you have to play a whole season. Then you have the lottery, which is always a little bit unpredictable, but realistically, given who we know is going to be tanking, what team would you like to see him on? I mean, the Pacers, I would love to see us in this lottery. <laughs> I would love trade miles Turner. Oh, say, uh, bye. <laughs> as long as we don't bring in Russ because Russ doesn't know how to tank. So unless we're right. going to immediately cut Russ. <laughs> oh man, dude. I'm trying to think. Of, I don't think the Pacers are going to be that bad, though. We're going to make ourselves that bad. <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny. If if I'm a Pistons fan right now, I'm like, all right, let's hold off on trying for one more season. <laughs> let's get real experimental this year. Let's do some crazy shit that's not going to work. Their Next guards, year, we'll run it back. Because <laughs> their guards are crazy, and then they just yeah. have no big man. They have the, yeah. well, they have Jalen Duran, the guy they drafted. Yeah, but could you imagine Victor on that team? Oh, my God. I'm high on the Pistons. I think the Pistons are going to be competitive this year. But, like, what if they just delayed that bike? Or what if they're like, hey, all right, like, everyone take it easy. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams. What are we going to do if he ends up on the Knicks? (sighs) (laughs) I I don't know why I'm, like, so upset because talk about – franchise like the uh what's the word the um oh the the youtube series um uh oh oh no um the one where they were like new york 
the one outside the Knicks game. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know the videos you're talking about. I didn't know that that, that was a series. They're saying like Bing Bong. Yeah. I, I mean, that would make side all, talk. Side talk. Okay. Side talk. If side talk, the side talk video, if the Knicks win the lottery, when oh. Victor Wimbaya comes, oh my God. The, the Knicks landing Victor Wimbaya would make all these years of torture completely worth it. I mean, he seems to be the best, pro, the best prospect since AD. Zion, I think he's going to be bigger. I think this is it's already bigger than Zion. Yeah, maybe maybe since AD. Like AD was a sure thing. Yeah, Zion, I think there might have been maybe not as many people were like, okay, 100 percent sure. The injury Um, concerns were there. Yeah. And then he had like the weight concerns in the year two. And um, but. Victor Wambanaya seems like a freaking slam dunk. No pun intended. Um, and then, listen, whoever gets the second pick, I mean, you're getting scoot. That's a huge win, too. This dude this this dude can ball. Um, so the incentive to get one of the top two picks this year seems to be higher than it has been in quite some time. Going to be very interesting, especially when you get later into the season and there's like, you know, Either probably like four or five teams come like beginning of March that are like going for the, you know, that, that, that worst record. I think that's when the race is going to heat up and I'm, I can't wait. I think this might be one of the only times where the race to the bottom is going to be equally as entertaining as the race <laughs> to the top. <laughs> and then that lottery, bro, that lottery night. Oh, dude, what if this is the Blazers playing the whole time? Dude, what? Listen, could you imagine? And I'm I'm bringing this up because this has happened to the Cavs. I'm pretty sure the Cavs were not supposed to win the lottery when they drafted Andrew Wiggins. I think that they were like a three percent chance. What if like that eleventh team, like it's out there will the Spurs. be rioting? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Listen, this might all work out for the Thunder. The Thunder might still be competitive this year. SGA is an All Star. Hell. They They've might be the, they like the play-in. Who knows? Oh, man. Could you imagine? Like, okay. Completely hypothetical situation. Let's say, let's say the, um, I'm trying to pick a good team for this analogy. Let's say the Timberwolves, who you expect to be somewhere in that 7 to 10 seed in the West, right? Probably. Let's say the Timberwolves, for one reason or another, have a disappointing season. Maybe it's injury. Maybe it's, you know, stuff doesn't click. So I'm looking at the 2023 draft. Yeah. The Jazz have their own pick. The Timberwolves pick. And the worst pick between the Nets, the 76ers, and the Houston Rockets. They're going to have their pick and the Rockets pick. They're going to have their pick and the Rockets pick. They'll get the number why, one. Do, why do they have the Rockets pick? Because of, um, I don't know how, I don't know. These, the NBA draft picks make no sense. The I know. It's, it's kind of why I love it so much. 
I feel like the Cavs had a Rockets pick, and I wonder if that's one of the one of the ones that the Cavs traded for, or that was part of the Donovan Mitchell deal. Yeah, the Rockets I mean, pick isn't unprotected, or it isn't protected. No. Oh, Houston, what are we doing? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Least favorable pick. That means okay. the they best don't Rockets. get the Rockets. Right, 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 right. Okay. Hold Unless on. the Rockets How have the highest if, pick. He, right, but if there's no way if the Rockets finish with a better record than the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston, right. and the Philadelphia 76ers, something has gone seriously wrong. Like Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, Joel Embiid have all been injured to yeah. in gruesome ways, apparently. Yeah. Is there any team, let's say that every team had an equal chance at the number one overall pick. Is there any team that would realistically trade out of number one? I don't think so. You know, it'd be really interesting. The Lakers get the number one pick. Do they trade AD and draft Wimbaya? What do you think you could get for AD? A first round pick still, certainly, right? Trade AD to like Boston or something? Yeah. Trying to think teams that need like big man help. Because AD is not going to a team that's not contending. Right. I mean, AD on the Nets would be cool. On Well, it wouldn't be cool, but it would be make sense. <laughs> Uh, okay. No, you know, a team that would give up a lot for AD is, is the Knicks trade AD to the Knicks, get two first rounders for him and then draft one by a, I the mean, heat, the heat have assets to move. Although yeah. by next year's number one pick, maybe not, but yeah. Is, is AD an upgrade over Bam? Maybe not at this stage. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, we're talking hypothetical here, obviously. Like, the Lakers aren't going to be drafting. Well, maybe they will. Who I With the Lakers, you, you never really know. Um, but goddamn, I'm so excited for this NBA season. Uh, we are two less than two weeks away from uh, opening night. I believe opening night is going to be a week from this coming Tuesday, mm-hmm. I think. Um, the 18th. Yep. Perfect. I'm excited. Um, I'm trying to think probably definitely not this episode, but maybe maybe our, our next episode, we do some predictions yeah, and, and, and kind of get into that. But um, before we get to the shows, quickly talk about the Thursday night game that's going to be happening tonight. So for those of you that are listening to this, the game has already happened. Um, Thursday night game between the Colts, which is obviously Chuck that is your team versus the Broncos. Um, uh, who do you like? Who Let's should I bet on? This is an ugly, ugly, ugly game of football. I'm betting the under. I am I am hammering the under. I can't believe the under was 43. I thought for sure it'd be like 38 and a half or 39 yeah. and a half. The under's hit on, I think, every single Thursday night game so far, besides one. I think it was the, the uh, Browns game that it didn't hit. The overhit on that one. Yeah, the overhit on that because it was so low. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this feels like a real... 17 to 13 game. <laughs> um, I do ironically kind of like the Colts, even though I think we stink this year. Uh, I at least like us to at least a cover, although the spread's only plus three, which is also weird. That is, I, I saw a thing that's like Frank Reich is like 
29 and 16 in like the games after September out of outside of September or something. And like, um, Colts are like, um, really good against the spread after coming off a loss. Um, which makes sense because this year our only lo- well, we lost to Jacksonville and then beat the spread and got an outright win over the Chiefs. So we lost to the Titans last week. Come back get a beat the spread against the Broncos. So I kind of like us, but it, I mean it is not going to be a fun game of football to watch for a neutral fan. No, I'm. I mean I'm watching because I have fantasy implications. I have Judy in both my leagues. Um, that being said. I think that this has the potential to be a get-right game for the Colts, man. I know they don't have Taylor. I, I I can't explain why I feel the way that I do. Maybe it's because of those all those reasons that you said. Um, I think, and it's probably because I hate Russell Wilson. So I think the Colts, I like the Colts tonight. If I were a betting man, Colts' money line looks really nice. I think it's like plus 150. So... That's what I'm looking at. Um, who do the Browns have this weekend? The Chargers. We're going to lose. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be so bad. Um, both our teams suck. But um, you guys have like the third hardest schedule going forward, too. Yeah, it's 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 not great. We, we for whatever reason, we have like. I think according like to PFF, we have like the number one offense in the NFL, which I don't know how that's possible. I know the offense has been putting up points, but I mean, our defense is like, I mean, it's it. We're just throwing room temperature butter out there, man. That's what we're putting on the field for defense. And people are just running right through us. The Atlanta Falcons ran 14 straight rushing plays with a dude. They just signed off their practice squad and ran it down our throats for a go ahead touchdown on Sunday. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're not beating the chargers, dude. Um, but, uh, we're already, this is already week five NFL season. These first couple months always fly by and catch me so off guard. We're approaching the halfway point. So things are getting interesting. How's your, how are your fantasy teams doing for the most part? Pretty good. Um, I've got one, four and O team. A lot of three and one teams. Last week was a bit of a weak week for me. Um, I've got one zero and four team. It's not great. I don't mm. think I'm going to do that league again next year. There, it's an auction league. I just hate that format. Um, what else? But yeah, for the most part, they're doing good. Um, I'm in a league with Dan and people from Frostburg that he knows. Mm. That league's starting to get on my nerves. Because I can't put people who are out on the IR. I can only put people who are IR'd, you know uh, what I mean, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Which sucks because two is my backup quarterback, and he's just eating up a bench. And we only have five bench spots. Ooh, which that's brutal. Is annoying. And we have an extra, like, we have two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flex spots. So. That's brutal. Yeah. Um, I am two and two in our league. And then I unfortunately am one and three in uh, a league that I run with my friends here. Um, and, uh, the punishment for that league is last place has to pay 
first place after, uh, for, for the regular season, an extra hundred dollars. Mm. And I have a funny feeling I'm going to have to couple that hundred bucks and I'm going to be very pissed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I should win. I think this week in, 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 uh, in Bush league, I'm playing uh rumble and, uh, my, our matchup predictor gives me a 56% chance of winning. I had a heartbreaker loss to Luke, man. I needed, Matt Gay to literally get one more point. And uh, Matt Stafford decided to turn into Baker Mayfield there in the second half and proceed to not move the ball whatsoever. And I ended up losing. So play a Pappas this week. It's a, it's 52 to 48. I don't like my chances. Who's Pappas's quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. Ah, okay. Okay. I've got Josh Allen. Oh, okay. So the better fantasy QB. That's With right. Jalen Hurts is my backup. You son of a bitch. How did that happen? I get to keep Josh Allen because I picked him up from free agency the year he went off. Yeah. And then, I mean, Jalen Hurts, that's just smart drafting. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Uh, it's 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 also in, in, in eight-team league. I think my backup QB is Joe Burrow. So I have Mahomes and Burrow. Um so, uh, but anywho, we're 45 minutes into this episode and we haven't talked about any of our shows yet. So let's, <laughs> let's start talking about some TV here. Uh, luckily with Andor, I don't think this conversation is going to be very long. Um, only because these last couple episodes, since we did our first three, um, have kind of been slower paced. They're um, clearly building up, you know? Yes. And I think if this is the format of the show, I don't mind that. Like, okay, we're just going to – it's 12 episodes. It's going to be like basically like four, three-episode vignettes sort yeah. of of Andor's entry into the Rebellion or like three-episode arcs into his – him getting to the Rebellion, like fully committing to the Rebellion. Like, I'm okay with that. That sounds great. And that's exactly what it feels like. Um, these last two episodes – He's been spending with this new team that he was basically hired to be a part of um, and sort of getting acclimated with them. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they're planning on basically stealing an empire payroll or something. Money. 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 Right. Like, but like directly from the payroll of the empire, though. Right. There's a shot um, when the guy they have on the inside is like talking about like whether or not yeah. there'll be an essential crew down in that area they kind of pan back and you see all that gold or whatever those yep. that's what they're stealing i saw that was that was this week's episode uh, yeah and i i yeah. caught that um i'm really liking um <laughs> did did you watch the bear uh I haven't finished it, but yes, I know <laughs> but the... certainly you recognize uh i can't remember his name i'm trying to look at the cast list right now um, he's not listed on IMDb in this cast list, which is crazy, but he's the dude. Evan Moss. Backrack? Batrock? I don't He He does have an, an interesting name. Um, he's also in The Punisher season two. I didn't watch The Punisher. I should. Oh, the first one. First season, I should say. Um, yeah, that's him. I'm looking at a picture of him now. Yeah. Um, I'm liking... Their sort of dynamic, obviously, you know, the, you know, he being maybe a, a person who's not so trusting, but also his suspicions are kind of valid because it, you know, it does turn out that, you know, 
Andor was hired and the rest of the team, that information was kept from them. And in episode five, push sort of uh, came to shove there with uh, with Andor wearing that necklace with that that uh, that jewel or rock, whatever it was. I can't remember. It was worth like 30, 30,000 credits. Um, so it's I am Kyber crystal, which is the same crystal, crystal and lightsabers. Yes. Okay. Well, but I don't think it's a lightsaber. It can't be used in one, but it like, you know what I mean? I think like in the Star Wars lore, the, the crystals have to be cracked or something. It's some. Well, no, the Jedi, they have to go on a like journey to find them, basically. Uh-uh. Spirit walk. It's in there's an episode where younglings do it in Clone Wars. There's an episode where Ezra Bridger does it in Rebels. So you can go and watch those if you want. But there's also like if you remember in Rogue One, they're harvesting kyber crystals from the Jedi Temple, which is what they use to like make the weapon and the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So there are kyber crystals that just aren't like Jedi weapon, you know? Yeah, um, I I'm really enjoying the pace of this episode or or, or of this season so far. Like we. I know when we talked about the first three episodes, it kind of really did feel like a three episode pilot or like a stage setter. But these last two episodes, we've really just spent, we've had time to like be with this team that he's a part of and also see what's kind of like how they're setting it up on the inside, like uh, with their, uh, I guess you can call them their mole or their inside guy with the emperor. Um, It's been, it's been a breath of fresh air, I think uh, with, uh, you know, uh, completely opposite from the other show that we're going to be reviewing, <laughs> like in terms of pacing. So, um, I, I, I really like it. I'm, I'm very excited to see where the, uh, we start to go in the, in the second half. It seems like next episode, they might start this, uh, um, the, the, this plan of theirs and kind of get the gears turning there. Yeah. I'm also interested to see what happens with, the initial bad guy, the Cyril Karn, the guy who was investigating on who this Uncle Carlo is and what's going on with him. Because clearly he's still obsessed with Andor. Yeah. And we know Andor is about to take part in a big heist of Imperial stuff. So I wonder how that's all going to work out. There's a lot we don't know with that character. You're right. He's he's seemed comes off as like obsessive. Um and we don't spend a ton of time with him over episodes four and five, but in episode five, is that his mom that he goes to visit? Yeah. Okay. Um, we did learn though that serial exists in in uh in the Star Wars universe. That was kind of exciting. We that we like never see what food is like um with Star Wars. So I uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, do we want to get to House of the Dragon or do you have anything else you want to touch on with Andor? Um, no, I think, uh, I, I'm just looking forward to, I'm also loving what's going on with Mon Mothma. I made sure to see what happens in the next episode with her. Yeah. Who the person uh, she wants to bring in. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, when were we introduced to her? Episode so four, right? She's in the original Star Wars, yes. Wait, what? Yeah, she's in the first Star Wars movie. Not the actress, obviously, but Mon Moth. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's probably why. Hold on, I gotta look this up. So you're saying, who was the actress in uh, a new hope? Oh, I'm sorry. 
She's not in A New Hope, but she is in episode six. Oh. Yeah. I got to look this up. Yeah, okay. Yep, I see it now. Because there seems to be, there's like three different storylines that are all kind of going on here. You have that antagonist we were talking about. I can't remember his name, the obsessive dude. You obviously have Andor and his team, and then you have her, Mon Mothma. So um, it doesn't feel like this heist they're about to pull is going to be the the big uh, climax of this season. You know, this seems a little too early for this right. to kind of be what this entire season is going to be about. So I am interested to see where, where, where that line or that storyline goes. Um, okay. House of the dragon episode seven titled drift Mark. Um, we covered, yeah, we covered episode six, so we don't really have to touch on episode six. Um, episode seven kicks off. We are at Lana's funeral at drift Mark. This entire episode happens in what feels like the course of about 24 hours. About, yeah. Um, we start off, everybody's here. A little bit of a fun fact about this episode. I don't know if you saw this. They mentioned it in after the episode. This yeah. is the first episode that they shot. Yep. So I think like this first scene of the first episode is that first time that everybody was, uh, was filming for the show. Um, everybody's at Driftmark. Um, one thing that was very apparent to me off the bat is all of these kids, mainly Allison and Viserys' kids, they're all fucking weird, man. Like, you get that conversation, like, there's uh, Aegon and Aemond, and then I don't remember what the daughter's name is. I don't either, but she's got, like... Basically premonition. She could see the future. Yeah, she's a little weirdo. But they had that conversation like right in the beginning where she's like speaking out loud what sounds like some sort of prophecy mm-hmm. while she's like playing with a spider in her hand. She's talking about blacks and greens. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, I didn't. I didn't notice until after the show. So I saw it on Twitter. Like, she might have this, which is, like, a form of premonition in the Targaryens. And then it had the subtitles of what she was saying. But, yeah. Well, so there's that scene right in the beginning where she's playing with that spider and she's saying all that crazy shit. And then both of her brothers are basically staring at her all confused, talking about how one of them is probably going to have to marry her in the future. (laughs) Like, very, very weird stuff here in the beginning. Um, Yeah, incest. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, we also get a scene. So obviously there's the whole funeral scene, uh, of, of Valerian funeral. Um, they basically launch the body in like a stone casket into the water. So a little bit different than a Targaryen where they burn the bodies with the dragon. Like we saw in episode one, um, for the, for, um, the Valerians, they, uh, they launch them into the water cause they are uh, what the, the rulers of the sea. Um, we get an interesting conversation shortly after the funeral between Corliss and Lucerus, who's uh, Rhaenyra's youngest son, where Luce, uh, Corliss basically is telling Lucerus how all of this, Driftmark, um, all of his seats, they're all going to be his one day because his brother obviously would be first to, in line to rule after Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lucerus, credit to him, you know. He 
something I never really thought about. He's like, listen, you know, he does his best Jon Snow impression. He's like, I don't want it. Um, because if I am Helena, sitting in these, by the way, is the girl's, Helena. Okay, is the girl's daughter's right. name? I remember hearing that. It's also that that's strangely fitting for her. Um, but a Luceris basically says, like, listen, if if I ha- if I inherit all this, that means everyone's dead. And like, obviously, like I don't want everyone to be dead. Um, so credit to him for having some common sense. One of the few people in the show that has displayed common sense so far. We get a nice, interesting conversation between Damon and Viserys. Listen, Viserys is still looking not so hot. Dude's on the verge of death, it seems. Um, but he does make an effort after the funeral, while everyone's still sort of congregating there near the shore in the water, to get up and talk to Damon. He pleads to Damon to basically come back to King's Landing. He's like, listen, there's a spot on my council for you. You can have whatever you want. Like, he's just trying to make good with his brother. Um, Damon's like, I don't want your help. I don't want any of this. Pentos is my home. Like, he wants to go back to Pentos. Um, Which I kind of feel for Viserys, man. I mean, like, all this dude has wanted now for, like, Five every, episodes. These ones people to get along, and nobody's getting along. Every meme I see of Viserys is the Ben Affleck smoking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the Ben Affleck ripping the cig and having the Targaryen hair. Yeah, yeah. Th- those again, the memes continue to continue to get better and better. Um, the <laughs> my favorite part of the episode, I think, after the conversation with Damon, Viserys is like, "All right, fuck this. I'm going to bed." And as he's getting escorted out of there, he walks up to Allison and calls her Emma in front of everybody, calls his new wife, the queen, his previous wife's name in front of everybody. And she just is stuck. She's just standing there all shocked. So you are starting to see, you know, maybe Viserys. This might be the beginning of the end for him. You know, mine's starting to go. He's definitely not making it past the next episode. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way. Um, Aegon takes it upon himself throughout the funeral to basically get pissed drunk. And you get that scene. It's like uh, dusk is starting to come. The sun's setting. Everyone's dispersing. And he's like in this stairwell passed out, leaning up against the wall. And Otto basically comes out. Yeah, Otto's back, by the way. I probably should have mentioned in the beginning. Otto is back as Hand of the King. Um, but Otto comes down and basically, like, lifts him up. And you could tell that Otto's not pleased with how Aegon is carrying himself. Because, as we learn, you know, especially later in this episode, Otto has one goal in mind. And it's to get Aegon in shape, have him shape up to basically become king one day. Um... There is the um, Rainies and Corliss talk that they have in their chambers where Rainies basically, uh, now, I don't know if she accuses Corliss, but Corliss is still on and on about, you know, his legacy and, you know, how his, you know, his grandson's going to be king one day. And, um, Rainey's basically calls him out on this bullshit that he's not, in fact, doing this for her because her, uh, you know, right was taken away. She was was in line or had a chance to be at least the first queen of the seven kingdoms. So she basically is like, hey, 
I'm starting to get the feeling that you're not doing this for me. You're just doing this for yourself, your legacy. And then he basically doesn't deny it. He kind of gives that uh, that very Shakespearean line where he's like, what is the point of this mortal life if not for the pursuit of legacy or something along those lines? Um, so Corliss is getting very, very deep on us. Um, where are we at here? We do get that uh, that conversation um, at night with Rhaenyra and Damon as they're walking the beach. And while they're walking, I, you know, these characters haven't seen each other in some time. Um, but they get some time to catch up. Uh, Damon basically is like, you know, I heard uh, heard Sir Harwin was very fond of you. Um, and Damon's no dummy. He knows that those kids aren't, uh, they, they are not Lanors. But um, Damon also is the first person to bring up the fact that uh, he thinks that Otto and Alicent were behind the death of uh, Sir Harwin Strong and his dad. So he's not the wrong. first. Yeah. Yeah. We know he's not wrong, but he's the first person in the show to bring this up. And I thought it was interesting because Rhaenyra is like, I don't believe Allison is capable of uh, basically cold blooded murder like that, which is where she's wrong. She's giving Allison. Well, she's wrong and sort of right, because Allison didn't ask for that. That was what's his face. That, that was the other strong brother who basically went ahead and did that and then went to Allison and was like, you're welcome. Like. Uh, where's my uh, prize? Um, where's my hug? He's out. That dude's a definitely where's my hug kind of guy. Um, this conversation leads to them basically getting it on. I don't know how. Don't it kind of just pops up, but they basically get it on on the beach. Um, so you can start to see that their little romance, this you know your typical uncle and niece romance, um, starts to heat back up again. While they're getting it on, we go over to Amond, who takes it upon himself. I mean, this this dude's got some balls, man. This dude goes to try and claim Vagar in the middle of the night. Now, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with the different dragons and their sizes, Vagar is from. He was around during Aegon's conquest. He was one of the dragons. Um, he is the biggest by far. Of all the dragons. And he was Lena's. But you know. Obviously before Lena died. So this is the first time. That we've sort of see. Like how this. Claiming of the dragon takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, so when a dragon rider dies. That dragon all of a sudden. Becomes free game. However. The dragon does basically. Still pick the rider. I, I'm under the impression. Where if Aegon. What, if, if Vagar didn't think Aegon was a suitable rider he probably would have burnt him to a crisp or ate him right there in the middle of the night but um Amon's able to claim him they end up going on this uh um never-ending story dragon ride at least I got never-ending story vibes but it was pretty cool um you really got to see how big Vagar was in comparison to Somebody from the show, because, I mean, he walks right up to him and, dude, he's massive. Mm-hmm. That is a big ass dragon. While they are going for their ride, uh, the rest of the cousins, so this would be um, Lena and Damon's daughters and then Rhaenyra's kids, 
they basically notice that somebody has stolen Vagar. Um, they go and meet Eamon in one of the tunnels leading back to the castle, where we get the well, the second ever kid fight in Game of Thrones. The first ever kid fight being between Arya and Joffrey in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is a full blown brawl between all the kids, and it's everybody versus Eamon at this point. Aegon's not there. Um, during the fight, Aemon, with a rock in his hand, looks at Jaceris and calls him Lord Strong, which, you know, it is pretty obvious at this point that those kids are not, um, uh, Lanors, they are Sir Harwins, and this prompts Jaceris to pull out a blade, so homie came strapped. Which, rightfully so, because Eamon did have a pretty big rock in his hand. By the way, first episode in the... I'm sorry, not the first episode. Fifth episode. Sixth episode? Oh, the training scene? Is that what you're going to talk about? No, no. The um, daughter. The first time we see the daughter. Oh, Helena? Um, Helena. When um, Alyssa is telling... When they give him the pig. Yeah. Alyssa tells him, you'll have a dragon someday. And Helena says it'll he'll have to close an eye. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for you and I, when we heard that in that episode, we we obviously knew. Um, I, w- I would like to know, like, for people who didn't know this was going to happen, how big of a shock this was. Because I think you and I both knew this was this was going to happen. Um, this is a pretty pivotal moment. I mean, this starts really uh, the actual drawing of the line in the sand between the greens and the blacks. So um, Lucerus, who's actually the younger brother, actually is the one who slashes Eamon's eye and he gets him good, dude. I mean, that scene where the mace are stitching him up. I mean, that was a that I it, it ain't coming back. Um, so then this leads us directly into. The I don't know what kind of I, I don't know what room that is. Is that Viserys's chambers? Is that like a common room? I don't know. But everybody's in this big room. Obviously, because there's just been this fight. Um, Viserys is fucking pissed. He's yelling at his king's guard. He's like, you know, you're sworn to protect my blood. How could this happen? Um, which it does kind of raise the question, like, how the hell did Aemon get out of there to go ride, you know, Vagar? Like, how how does that happen? But um, this As scene, Tom Brady recently said, fuck them kids. Yeah, man, I'm surprised. We, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that. Um, Tom Brady revenge season. Like, is he gonna is he gonna be able to salvage the rest of the season for the Bucks? Maybe we don't know. Giselle gave him one ring. Football gave him seven. You know, so <laughs> you man, you've you've had you had those two in the back of your head. <laughs> you ready to go? I mean, Twitter is a gold mine. I'm yeah, Twitter. Twitter is, Twitter is a gold mine. Yeah, you, you're you're not kidding. The, the other no. beam, one final one before we get back to the episode. Patrick Mahomes up at Tom Brady, bro. I'm so jealous. Uh, yeah, I know seven rings. No, the divorce. <laughs> I I, I hope details it, come out. Although details of Irving, mean, th- that seems exaggerated. That Patrick Mahomes isn't happy with his wife or whatever, and his brother about TikTok or whatever. They wouldn't have brought Juju in if that was the case. If that yeah, was the you're enemy. right. That seems like they had to run that by Patty, you know, before they brought them in. Like, hey, can you handle another TikToker in your life? Is this, 
I, can you swing it? I do think he probably had a talk with them though in the offseason. And I was like, guys, we we gotta chill with this. This is <laughs> this is a lot. You would at least, think, or or at least he says like, don't involve me. Like I just I'm not a part of these. All right, you know what I mean? And, and like maybe don't dance on the blocked off painted numbers on the field for um. You know, somebody that the team's honoring that day. I, that that what he did in Washington was so freaking stupid. Yeah. Um. Anywho, getting back to uh, the episode. Um. Everyone's congregated in this big room. Um. Again, Viserys is pissed. Um. Allison is basically like, uh, we gotta like, you know, we gotta do something here, eye for an eye kind of thing. Um. And she calls on uh, Sir Kristen to basically go take out the eye of Lucerus. And there's that really tense moment where you can kind of see, like, is Sir Kristen going to do it? Is he actually going to go cut this kid's eye out? And then the other, I think it's like the the head of the Kingsguard is like, uh, don't do that. And Sir Kristen confirms. He's like, I'm your protector. Like, yeah, I'm sworn to you, but I'm not going to, like. I can't go chopping off or cutting out eyes or chopping off heads. Like I'm just trying to cut out a kid's eye. Exactly. I'm sure he wanted to because he hates Rhaenyra that much, it seems. But uh, alas, he does not. But Rhaenyra actually says that all of this happened. Her kids are actually the victim because Aemon called them bastards and called them Lord Strongs and, you know, questioned the legitimacy um, uh, of their birth, which, listen, Amon's right. Like, um, they are not Lanor's kids. Everybody knows it. Viserys goes up to Amon and is like, "Who told you these lies?" Amon kind of looks at his mom for a second, and you kind of get the feeling like, "Oh my god, is he gonna throw his mom under the bus here?" Well, then he like throws Aegon under the bus, and Aegon's like, "Me." Um, but then Viserys goes to question Aegon, and Aegon's like, "Listen, like, we all know." Like, enough. Like, just look at them, dude. Like, they are clearly not Lanor's kids. Um, And Viserys, poor, poor guy, man. He's like, all right, enough. The next person to put into question the legitimacy of Princess Rhaenyra's children will have their tongue cut out for it. So homie's not messing around. He kind of has this mic drop moment where he's like, all right, and that's it. Everyone go to bed, make your peace, whatever. He starts to walk away. Allison's like, that's not sufficient. Like, and she's starting to lose her mind here. She is so hell bent on now getting back at Rhaenyra that while Viserys is walking away, she goes up to him, pulls out what that's the cat's paw dagger, um, pulls that out and charges at Rhaenyra's kids. Rhaenyra steps in the way. Rhaenyra kind of bodies up Allison and kind of like is holding her arm with the knife. They're kind of squared up at this point. One of my favorite little details from the episode is Sir uh, Sir Kristen Cole immediately goes to follow um, the queen. And you hear the other Kingsguard guy basically tell him not to. And then Damon has to basically step in and block him from getting involved. Um, but then we get this scene, which was one of the, um, I don't know, I, maybe one of the more featured scenes from the trailers. I think this was in both of the trailers where, um, Rhaenyra is basically like exhausting, wasn't it? Pretending to be so righteous or, or whatever. And, but now everybody sees you 
as you are, Mm -hmm. which is just an absolute cold blooded line to deliver in front of everybody right there. I mean, that was, that was dope. And then, um, Allison goes to pull away or, you know, pull away the knife, but as she does it, she actually takes a swing with the knife simultaneously and slashes Rhaenyra's arm open. Um, they really make it a point to show you how much blood is pouring out of her arm. They give you that really cool, like underneath shot. Um, but Renera ends up being totally fine. She gets stitched up. Everybody kind of disperses. I think probably the funniest thing in this episode is that Lenor wasn't there. Probably the most important scene in the series so far. And Lenor's not there. And that's just the story of his character at this point. Um, because he actually ends up going to Rhaenyra. It appears to be morning. She's just getting done stitched up. And he's like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, I should have been there. He talks about how Sir Carl, um, who's his lover at this point, is going back to fight in the Stepstones. And he's like, I am recommitting myself to you, our kids, and this family. We're going to make this work. Which is funny because you can kind of see it on Rhaenyra's face that that's probably not what she wants anymore. Now, I'm assuming that's just because she spent the night with Damon uh, before everything went crazy. Um, but uh, she kind of has this look on her face. was like, uh, do I still want you or do I want my uncle now? I'm kind of, I'm kind of going back and forth. Um, one of the takeaways I got from this conversation, well, one of the things that I liked is that Lenore basically, you know, as he's apologizing, you know, he's like, I hate the gods for making me this way. And she's like, I don't like you're one of like the, a few honorable men, you know, like um, and she kind of lets know that she still appreciates him a little bit, which I, th- I think was uh, I think was really nice. And then we cut to the conversation between Renero and Damon, which is, the you know, still that same day where um, Renero is basically like, listen. Imagine what you and I could do together, essentially. Like, if if I have you by my side, nobody's going to question my kids. Nobody would dare, you know, tr- try and oppose me. And she's also talking about what kind of ruler she wants to be eventually. She doesn't want to be a tyrant. Um, she doesn't want people to fear her. But Damon, you know, being, you know, I think a little bit more in tune to his time and wiser, he's like, you kind of have to have people fear you a little bit. Like, you know, th- that's part of the gig. Um, and then she basically asks him like for marriage and he's like well we can't do that with uh um, he's still alive yeah um it's just not possible so this is where things get really interesting because in the books we don't really know how leonor dies it's suspected by a couple maesters because the fire and blood books are written in the pov of a maester almost like a almost like a uh a fictional yeah fictional history book right one of the Macer's accounts is like, oh, it was obviously Damon. Like, Damon killed him. Another one, you know, a couple other of them, they don't really go that far. But what we learn, and I'm assuming that this is canon because George R. R. Martin is a part of this show. He's a part of the writing team. I, I, I'm assuming this is actually what happens um, in, in, in canon Game of Thrones or uh, Fire and Blood, whatever you want to call it. Damon basically goes to Sir Carl. And from what we hear, it sounds like he's telling Sir Carl to kill Lador. But what we learn is that they fake his death. He has Sir Carl make sure that there's at least a witness around. We see Damon 
snap the neck of that dude on the stairs. And it would appear that while Sir Carl and Lanor are staging a fight, that they bring that body in there. They also have that necklace that Lanor wears. They put it on the body and they throw the body into the fire so nobody can identify it. And then by the time that Lanor's parents come about and the rest of the guards come, uh, you know, come into the room, the body's burnt to a crisp. You can't really identify it, but it's wearing the necklace that Lanor always wears. And at this point, as a viewer, you're like, oh, like they killed Lanor because there's nothing that we have seen yet to, to make us believe otherwise. But then we get that last shot after the Targaryen wedding where Damon and Rhaenyra, you know, they, they do marry and they make it official. We get that shot of Sir Carl getting to the boat. And uh, Leonor is revealed. He has a shaved head, um, you know, to, to make himself a little bit more unrecognizable. And they seem to be fleeing to Pentos, where Damon makes it known, you know, over there across the sea. It doesn't matter, like, what kind of person you are. It just kind of matters how much gold you have. You can go be free over there, essentially. So that is revealed. Um, and that's basically episode seven. Um, I thought that this was, at least this is my favorite episode so far, I think. Um, it was just kind of nice to, like, kind of have everything happen in a span of a day and not be jumping and traveling as as much as we have been. So I liked that. I liked the dialogue between the certain characters, like Damon and Rhaenyra, like Corliss and, um, and Luceris, the kid fights. Uh, it, it, it was all really, really uh, enjoyable for me. Yeah, this was a good episode. I liked the twist ending with Lenor. I didn't think he deserved to die. I thought that'd be a... Also, it's a nice way to separate the Blacks from the Greens. Like, the yeah. Greens went out and killed... Dude killed his brother and father in cold blood. Like, that's the type of people we are. And then the Blacks are like, listen, we do what we got to, but if we can get someone out a lot, let's do it. You know what I mean? That's a very good point. I never thought about that. Obviously, the, this episode served as, you know, the you know, it drew the line between the two. We, we know who's on Team Black. We know who's, you know, a part of Team Green at this point. Um, but we did just leave that conversation with Rhaenyra and Lanor, where, you know, it seemed that Rhaenyra still cares for this guy. She even says, I still love him. And then it would have been a little strange had... After just after having that conversation, if then she would have had Damon kill him. Um, so I'm glad it went down the way it did. They clearly want us to be rooting for Damon and Rhaenyra at this point. Um, I think it's making a little it a little bit more obvious in the show than it did in the books that like these are the protagonists, these are the antagonists. So you I never thought about that. That's I think that was definitely to. Um, show a little bit of more contrast between the two sides. I think you're 100% right. Yeah. Um, we got three more episodes of the show for season one. Um, I think you and I are both probably trying to figure out where they're going to leave off in this story for the end of season one. Um, I think you're right. I don't think the king survives next episode. Um, just with you know, how much he's declining over episode six and seven and episode seven, clearly making it a point to show us that his mind is also going as well. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. Um, I can't imagine we're going to get to any of the super juicy stuff this season. 
I, I think it's probably going to end. Um, well, I don't want to say where I think it's going to end because I kind of know where the story's going. But um, for those of you that know, I don't think we're going to get any super big blowouts. I think Dance of the Dragons begins at the end of the season. Yes. Like, I think, I think right. basically the sides are set and allies are to announced at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Did you see the preview for episode eight? Uh, I think so. Yeah. We, we get the older versions of the kids, at least Eamon and yeah. Aegon. Um, yeah, and I think the daughter too. Yes. And the daughter. I and did the, um, Rhaenyra's kids. Oh, so they did show older versions. I'll have to go back and catch X. I, I, I didn't see them in there. Um, so another bit, another time jump, it seems, but I, I, I know I've already said this like two or three times. I think this is the last major time jump. I think with the, the new actors that are going to be coming on to play the older versions of the kids, these might be the actors that we have the rest of the way. Um, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Are, are you still... Do you still feel the same way about the show? Has this show been able to make you any bit more excited than you thought you could be? It's done the best that it could. And I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not dreading the watches. It's well-made television. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm glad about that. You know what I mean? It I I read this tweet and I I have not watched uh Rings of Power yet. Have you? I th- I think you said you have, right? You keeping up with Rings of Power? I haven't watched. I've I've watched the first two episodes, and then I haven't gone back to rewatch the rest. But I probably should. Season two's already started filming. So. Yeah. I'm probably gonna watch Rings of Power once all the episodes are out. But I did catch this tweet uh, Sunday night of somebody saying like, "Has there ever been a better time for uh, enjoyers of fantasy television than right now?" Because, um. Rings of Power seems to be doing really well. Um, I've yet to meet somebody or even, uh, you know, maybe like read a tweet of somebody who like isn't or who's like maybe hating House of the Dragon. Um, so it's a good time, man. This is this is good television. And I'm going to be sad when this uh, when this first season is over. That's probably also why I'm saving Rings of Power for when the House of the Dragon is over. I can just get caught up on that and have something to hold me over. Mm hmm. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? I think we pretty much went over it all. I think we did. We have a uh, we have kickoff here in about an hour for Thursday night football. So um, I know we're both going to be watching that, but we will be back um, maybe next week. Hopefully, I'm trying to. I don't know what my week looks like. I don't know what your week looks like, but we will be back nonetheless um, to get caught up with whatever we need to get caught up with in House of the Dragon. Um, and Andor, and maybe even She-Hulk. I'm trying to think. Of next week's the finale of She-Hulk, right? It is. It okay, is. that's right. This week so, we got the Daredevil episode. It was good. I liked it. I, I enjoyed this week's episode. So um, it seemed like the episode I had been waiting for for a few weeks. So uh, I, I, I saw a lot of people um, had a lot of positive things to say about, about this week's episode. So we will get caught up with all of that and then some in our next episode. So until then, um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, feel free to go ahead and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. We are at Mind Popcorn. In the bio of 
the Twitter or of our, the podcast Twitter, you can find both Chuck's and my personal handle as well. In case you want to shoot either of us a follow, um, you can follow the podcast on TikTok. We are at Mind Your Popcorn on TikTok. Um, but until then, you know we got some playoff baseball starting. Um, NBA season is going to be getting picked back up here, so we got a lot going on. Uh, scary movie season, you know. I'm, I know I'm going to be trying to watch a couple of the scary movies that I haven't gotten to yet uh, this weekend and the next. But uh, until then, we will talk to everybody next time.